Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Last week ended without agreement being reached in terms of a stimulus or relief package for Americans and American business in response to COVID-19. We spoke briefly to Boyd Matheson of Inside Sources not long after it was announced by Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader, to his colleagues that it appeared, at least in his estimation, that the two negotiating parties, the Republicans and the Democrats, were too far apart to find uh, sufficient common ground to enjoy majority vote support. And that was discouraging. And I hope, I hope that some of the developments that have happened since that revelation from Mitch McConnell and that conversation I had with Boyd Matheson, I, I hope that there are new ideas uh, being batted back and forth between the negotiators. There is, uh, right now, as a matter of fact, being explained a new proposal coming from that group, including Utah Senator Mitt Romney, a bipartisan group and a bicameral group, meaning, uh, you know, people have uh, voiced their support both from the Senate and the House. If you remember, there was that $908 billion relief package presented, I think it was a week and a half ago or so. Well, there's a new proposal of sorts, but it is it appears to me to be a retailoring of the old one. It breaks down that original $908 billion proposal and $908 billion proposal of COVID-19 relief money, and it breaks it up into uh, two separate pieces of legislation. One piece would provide $748 billion for support for small businesses, including... And you, you, this will be a familiar program to you, the Payroll Protection Program, PPP loans. There will be added unemployment benefits and vaccine development and distribution. The unemployment benefits, at least as they were described in that initial $908 billion proposal from Senator Romney and others, was an additional $300 in federally subsidized unemployment benefits. So where the $600, and that's weekly, so where the, the $600 used to be the, the weekly amount until it went away, uh, there will now be uh, six or I'm sorry, $300 should uh, this plan go forward. That's piece one of the $908 billion plan, again, split into two parts. The second part, as it has been proposed by this bipartisan group of legislators, would be for $160 billion, much of that going to state and local governments, as well as temporary liability protections from coronavirus-related lawsuits. Those two issues there, uh, money directly to states and local governments, as well as the liability protection, have been some of the uh, major sticking points in reaching a deal. Uh, Here I have... Uh, I want to hear, I want you to hear, uh, it's just over two minutes long, the explanation to come from 
your very own Utah Senator Mitt Romney as he explains this COVID relief. Here uh, is Senator Romney appearing with other members of the United States Senate from both parties as they present this two-part proposal uh, in the vein of COVID-19 relief. I think the American people expect to see groups like this and hope to see groups like this work together. And you're seeing it. And that's what makes me most encouraged about what we've accomplished, but also most hopeful about what we can accomplish in the future. Republicans and Democrats in the House and in the Senate can work together and can take on a tough issue. And this one looks particularly tough. Because on the one side, you had folks saying anything less than $2 trillion was unacceptable. And on the other, you had folks saying anything over $500 billion was unacceptable. And there was an insight in that dinner we had at Lisa's home. I think it was Dick Durbin who said it. He said, you know, this is an emergency provision, isn't it? We're looking not just at what we're going to do long term for the country and stimulating the economy and so forth. We have people hurting right now. We have an emergency. So let's look at what we need to do to take care of the emergency. And that's really this bill here that, uh, that Joe just described, where we all came together. And by the way, there's a lot in it that I'd change if I could, and I'm sure every one of us has things in here we'd do differently. This bill over here is less of an emergency, but also very important. And I'm just going to describe this. This last bill relates to two things, state and local aid and liability. And there's some pretty significant differences there. And I'll just note this, on the Republican side, when I talk to my Republican colleagues, I think the majority in the Senate among Republicans feel we should not provide any state and local monies. Why is that? Well, because the numbers are all over the map as to how bad things are at states and localities. Some states have rainy day funds and are telling us they don't need more money. Others are saying they need much more than we could possibly imagine sending to them. So a lot of difference in data and difference in terms of how well they've managed themselves in the past. And there's a strong feeling we don't want to just be paying for pensions that states might have needs to have filled. And so on the one side, there was the sense that, hey, we don't need additional money for states and localities. That was the Republican, is the Republican point of view. At the same time, Republicans are saying, we're willing to give on that. If you'll give on providing liability protection, so the doctors and hospitals, schools, universities, small businesses, big businesses don't get sued because people got COVID. And so that's the trade-off, providing funding for states and localities of $160 billion, and that's in this bill, and liability protections. <laughs> the liability protections language is difficult to sort out, and we had to go to the experts. There you have it. Uh, that the sum total of Senator Romney's presentation today in this uh, newly introduced or I should say newly revealed uh, piece of legislation broken into two parts. Uh, again, all of it stemming from that original nine hundred and eight billion dollar proposal put forth about a week and a half ago by Senator Romney and a bipartisan cohort of both members of the House and Senate. So we'll see. Uh, does this gain traction? Does this take off? Uh, I, I don't know. I've been back and forth throughout the day with some of my former colleagues out in Washington, D.C., asking them, hey, what's going to happen this week? 
And, well, any number of things could happen. We could see a vote for COVID-19 relief or stimulus on the floor of either the Senate or the House, hopefully both, if we're going to see progress. Uh, there is also the question of that one-week continuing resolution to fund the government, which was passed last week. That expires at the end of this week. There's got to be some votes on that or else we're facing another shutdown. And then there is the possibility of a veto by President Trump of the National Defense Authorization Act. Could there be a uh, veto override vote? We'll have to see. All of those votes plus this, all possible or none of them. Who knows? Uh, But we're going to be following what happens in Washington very, very closely here on this program throughout the duration of this week. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.